0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast.
1: Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> guys i am so fired up sleep deprived and all i'm happy to be here
2: <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog you don't need it on a bun.
3: <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of the dtf podcast here on the field of 68 media network my name is rob Doster. i am quite literally fresh well not really fresh kind of nasty off of a plane uh i woke up at 6 a.m this morning uh, Eastern time, 5 a.m. Central time to make it to a 630 a.m. flight to make it home so I could be right here in this seat on this camera at 1045 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday morning to be able to talk with these two fine gentlemen, Terrence Oglesby and John Fanta. So, guys, I'm not going to lie. I am uh, I'm, I'm quite tired. I have a coffee cup here that is bigger than my head. Look, it's bigger than my head and it's completely full with coffee. There is an entire pot of coffee in this cup of coffee, and I hope I'm <laughs> done with it by the time we're done with this show so I can get through the day. How are we doing,
2: fellas? That's a lot of rambling from me. Go ahead, John. I'll let you take it. Doing fantastic. It's that time of year. It's coffee season. It's it's uh, get up, and what day is it? Uh, <laughs> what game are we heading to? That That's what? the season that we're in right now, and it's a great time of year. So you much know, fun. You,
3: you know you're in a lot of travel, T.O., when you get back to the hotel and you don't know what your hotel room is. You don't know. Yeah, yeah that worse. that
1: happens. Yeah, been been there, done that. My not only is last week kind of started off quick with a lot of games, but this weekend I have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, next Wednesday.
2: Oh my goodness! And or, what or, are they? Okay,
1: so I got Hornets, Hornets, Georgetown Hornets, day off Hornets. <laughs> well, like it just goes. It'd be a lot easier if I lived in Charlotte. That would solve a lot of problems, but yeah. it don't. So, but yeah, it's it's the best time. It's the best time of year. The excitement's finally here, and you can replace excitement for just prep, and that's what we th- what we three do. So, I love it so much. I'm so happy it's going. It's a good thing Puffy you drive season. a Tesla, and you don't have to pay for gas on those drives. Big point, big point, <laughs> and you get sixty two cents a gallon on your IRS. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or 60, 62 cents a mile. Excuse me, 62 cents a mile.
3: You are going to pay no taxes. You're going to be straight up Elon Musk by the time this uh, taxes comes around. But the amount of time smart.
2: That's smart. <laughs> smart. Terry <laughs> Musk. Uh, Terry Musk. Musk. Yeah. Yeah, what was not, it they said?
1: Like, Trump, why didn't you pay taxes? He goes, because I didn't have to. They said, you <laughs> didn't pay taxes. He goes, it's smart. <laughs> 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 there are loopholes. Yeah. You, you can agree or <laughs> disagree with these loopholes. There are loopholes.
2: Yes, and it, we're off the rails. We yeah, are off
1: the rails. That, up, that, that went that went quickly.
3: It, it, I, you know, I thought we could make it more than five minutes before we got to this point. Nope, not at no, all. Not at all. I will tell you this though, um, I, I, I have a little bit of PTSD that I'm dealing with right now from the uh, the flight back that I took from Chicago. Um, there was a person next to me that smelled like they hadn't bathed or brushed their teeth in a solid two and a half weeks. I was sitting in the window seat nowhere to escape to and
1: God, it was it was it was it was rough it was was over bad. here chanting, bring back masks bring back masks cuz <laughs> yes. he's in this <laughs> I, I was i was
3: actually thinking that like this would have been a lot nicer if you know this was 2021 and you couldn't get on a plane without a mask so yeah there's no what, excuse
2: it's... for that you got to you got to take a shower before a flight i mean as yeah, much as, like, take a as, shower much as you have to as much as you have to bathe before you enter a pool, it's more important or they they say that, right? They Doesn't say, matter. come, come. Nobody does it. Nobody does yeah, it. Right. Yeah. But they should make it Man, for as much as people don't regard that. You've got to put some regard. You got to show up. There's, there needs to be like a hygienic meter for someone to board a plane.
3: Like a minimum. It's just got to be a minimum barrier to be able to be in society, right? Like, how about this? If you haven't brushed your teeth in the morning buy a pack of gum not that hard right and no one's gonna right. know the difference you're gonna still feel right. a little bit grimy but you know you're not gonna be stinking up everybody around you an entire row on an airplane so that was uh that was that was uh quite traumatizing and i'm
1: glad i made it through all right hey, um, i wish you would have larry david it and be like god just do us all a favor whenever you come on the airport and you come to the airport shower a little bit this is rude this is rude i and then she I, would be like you're an asshole and then you would be like I, you're an asshole that's all that's all about you're an asshole because <laughs> now i'm trapped so i'm, I'm clean i'm clean i did my hair for the flight like i'm good come on man like what are we doing come on be be, be be respectful to your peers and
3: shower before you get on the freaking airport would it have been out of line if i would have just taken the pack of gum and been like
1: you need this"? no i've done it no no i've done it hey dude don't mean to mm-hmm. don't mean to be mean but you need this i bless you you need this <laughs> You need this in your life. Oh, man. I need it in my life. You
3: take this. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a joke that I can make right now. I'm just gonna move right on past it, Fanta. I'm just gonna move right on past it. We don't need those issues. We don't need that drama. All right, let's talk
1: into the games. Talk about the games that we have seen. It can't be game. as bad as Vegas. It can't be <laughs> as bad as Vegas.
2: He said he wasn't gonna make it.
1: I, I'm I'm gonna make it. But you guys are nicer than me. I'm gonna make it. It. I said not. Dude, yeah. that, that dude, that dude's breath was so bad. He, I was laid up for two days in a hotel. <laughs> dude, <laughs> like he, he, I'm pretty sure he's not me. lying. not
3: lying. He actually, he had dude, people, he could, it?
1: he could have been charged with murder
3: if uh, I died in
1: that hotel. It would have been his fault.
3: Those well, four days were it all. Wouldn't blur, it wouldn't have been the only murder that I witnessed that weekend in uh, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, that's true. I forgot about yeah. that.
2: We <laughs> went. Oh, I thought you were talking about Arkansas and Gonzaga.
3: But-
1: oh. <laughs> and nine minutes in, no one knows what we're talking about. All right, let's talk about heavy, some on, fel- hel- heavy on felonies and tax evasion this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right. <laughs> hey,
3: by the way, how was the uh, how was the Mark Titus show?
1: I watched. I watched a bunch of it. It was good. Mark's good. You know, he. Uh, we just talked about Champions Classic. I was on there for about thirty minutes. Talked wax poetic about Kentucky and how big a fan I am of them. Like, yep. My goodness. That was before they played. Let's, and... Hey, look, you
3: know what? Let's go straight into that. We'll, we'll talk about the biggest takeaway of the season uh, here. That's a perfect segue from host TO. Uh, Kansas erased Rock. a 14-point second-half deficit. They were down by six with 346 left. They ended up winning. Hunter Dickinson had 21 points. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, 27 points, 21 boards, three steals. Dewan Harris looked like the best point guard in college basketball. Kevin McCullough had a triple-double, and I still feel like coming out of that one from Kansas T.O., the story was Kentucky
1: and how good they looked. Was that crazy? Yeah. No, you're not crazy. I, I thought they looked great. A lot of those turnovers and things that are happening right now with Kentucky, those things are going to be fixed by January, February. And I, Cal's revamped that offense. There's no more dunker spot five man. Trey Mitchell stepping out and playing at the top of the key. That lane's wide open. And DJ Wagner – I hate to be hard on freshmen like this, but he wasn't very good. He was one of 12. He couldn't throw it in the ocean with his feet in the water. Like he had a really hard day. Uh, Same with Edwards, who everybody's kind of touting as like the next guy. He was 0 for 6, couldn't really get involved. He made impacts elsewhere, and he's kind of their NBA pick because he's 6'8". He's long. He's listed at 6'8". Anyway, he's long, and he does a lot of things on the floor. I just that all being said, and then you throw in Reeves, who was seven of twenty five and they still put up eighty four points and uh, they held control of the game for the longest. And really what happened in the second half is Kansas just started doing old guy stuff like Bill Self went back to getting deep post position with Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson was a dog in that second half. He was a dog there's no other way to put it he was bigger than everybody and he played like it he was posting up a long way away in their first two games uh bill self against Kentucky was like there's not going to be that you're going to go down and you're going to steal deep and I'm going to put you in position to be great and he was great this version of 100 Dickinson is national player of the year material 27 yep. 21 at the rim scoring in a variety of ways knocking down threes like I was curious how him and KJ Adams would play together like they've done a nice job of inverting those guys. When Hunter's in there, they put KJ in the far corner and a conventional thinking, like, well, there's no shooting. They're going to help. They don't let him stand out there and shoot. They send him to the basket to cut. So that backside's occupied, even when he can't shoot. So it, it's what, what they've done at Kansas, man. Like they're really good. But my biggest takeaway is Reed Shepard's a dude who mm-hmm. should have probably played more than the 16 minutes. Yeah. But we'll come back to Kentucky in on one
3: second, because I, I want to ask you guys about something I was discussing earlier. I don't know if you saw what happened at the end of halftime. T.O., if you watch the game, I'm sure you saw it, Finn. I don't know if you saw the clip yet, but uh, Hunter. Hunter gets in. Yeah, he hits a three to cut right. the Kentucky lead from 48 to 41. Um, cut it to seven. Number one team in the country. Cut the lead to seven at halftime, and then turns around and does the boom, the suck it right there. Half court, mid court in front of everybody getting crazy amounts of booze from Kentucky fans and comes out in the second half and has 16 points, has another 11 rebounds, has a double double in both halves uh, and leads his team to a 14 point come from behind win. I made the argument today that he is the the villain, the troll, the heel, however you want to phrase it, like the WWF anti hero that college basketball needs. We don't have Coach K john shire is way too nice to be able to be the villain jim Bayheim is gone um i mean you got you got hunter dickinson playing for the coach that got off scot-free more or less after wearing that adidas chain to the uh midnight madness after the investigation from the fbi opened up where they had snoop dog where they had i don't want to call them strippers but they had dancers on poles that look awful lot like stripper poles i love uh Hunter Dickinson, number one player in the country, national player of the year caliber, Bill Self, this whole villain narrative for uh, for
2: Hunter. All of that is true. I don't and really when care. Can, and when Kansas steps on the floor, what was that? <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't really care what he did at half court. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I love
2: it. I, I love mean, it. I love He's it. an enemy. Yeah. I don't really but But uh, Kansas is not the best team in college basketball. They're not. They have a major perimeter problem. Dewan Harris is not going to hit that many threes every time out. They were six of eighteen from three. Dewan Harris was five of six. So, in terms of Kansas, Nick Timberlake is not panning out to what they thought he would be. At least right now, he he needs he needs a, a lightning bolt of confidence is what he needs. And they don't have a bench. I mean, who coming off that bench strikes fear into the opponent? Johnny Furphy is not there yet. You know, you're playing Parker Brown, trying to to figure stuff out. They, 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 this was a big three performance for the ages. Hunter Dickinson, Harris, and they kept lost in all this. Kevin McCullough, who shot poorly. He shot three for 12 in the game, and he had a triple-double. So I don't have a great answer right now for who the best team in the country is. But and, and that's to Kansas's benefit, and I can understand why they're ranked number one. But, guys, they won this game because Harris did some things last night that, let's face it, we have not seen before. That's the best scoring performance of his college career. The takeaway from last night, and I, I don't like doing this because as a native Clevelander who spent a lot of time talking about losing, you get to a certain point where you say, enough. Enough is enough. At some point you have to break through and win. Hmm. But the clear takeaway from last night is that Kentucky is better than I think any of us thought today. Mm-hmm. I think we all thought that they would be a, a dangerous team. And I've gotten a lot of heat from Big Blue Nation because I did not include them in, in I did not include them in my preseason rankings. But I'm going to tell you right now, Rob Dillingham. Rob
3: Thrillingham.
2: Th- yeah, Rob Thrillingham and Adue Thero. That his ability, Thero's ability to make electrifying plays was spectacular to watch. The biggest thing with Kentucky is two things. Number 1 They got to shot economize more. Antonio Reeves 7 for 25 is tough. All right. You got yeah, you're you right, it.
1: you're right. I thought his shots were okay though like he missed okay shot like he missed shots that he should have taken but go ahead he, sorry he
3: had he had a couple heat checks in the second half but yeah. like the heat checks came after he hit two shots in a row and it's like well i mean that's what you do when you're a shooter right
1: yeah
2: it it does it, uh, it, it it is but i still like i fear terrence i have a fear that 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 trend doesn't go away and when you're playing the elite in march if he's taking some of those shots i get concerned john welch was a great hire Kentucky is better than I thought. I think it's be- they think they're better right now than anybody thought. And I'll be curious to see what happens when Aaron Bradshaw and when you gone on Yenzo are back because you can't you can't tell the story of this game without saying Kentucky didn't have anybody to even combat Dickinson. They didn't have anybody to guard him. You gotta you gotta be able to say that about this game. The biggest thing for me though, okay. I'm sorry, I gotta be honest here. All right, last two and a half minutes of the game. Yet again, experience coaching come into play, and Kentucky wasn't ready for it.
3: Yep, there. Are, I have a lot of questions about some of the decisions that Coach Cal made, but I will say this: uh, I think Kentucky right now is where we thought they would be in February, right? And I think yeah, right. I agree right. with that. I yes. think that is a great sign for them moving forward. Um, I will also say. The, to me, right now, it, beyond like the obvious stuff with the seven footers and Aaron Bradshaw's foot and whether or not and yet so can get healthy, like those are obvious issues that any team's going to deal with. This just health stuff. To me, the biggest question is this You mentioned Reed Shepard being a dude, 100% agree. I think he needs to play, I think he's best as like a, a secondary creator, right? He needs another ball handler in the backcourt with him. I don't think you want him to be the primary guy. I, I thought think, he was best
1: as a primary yesterday.
3: I, I think. He's very good. I think you want him in a two-guard backcourt. I don't think you want I him.
1: think you want him handling it and DJ playing as a secondary
3: ball handler. See, I was going to say, I think your best lineup right now, if you're Kentucky, is probably Reed Shepard, Robert Dillingham, Antonio Reeves, somebody at the four, and somebody at the five. Like the that I'm a little less concerned about the four and the five spot. So if you are Coach Cal and you brought DeWan Wagner's son, to Kentucky, and he picked Kentucky over going to play for his grandfather, who was on the staff at Louisville, right? What do you do in that situation? How do you navigate that? Do you just put him on the bench and say, let's figure it out and let's go. This guy's better than you. Like, can you do yes. that? Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. What the hell? Enough <laughs> with the politics. This is about winning now. Cal has to wipe away any politics. Cal is fighting for his job. I mean you're always you always not are wrong. in Lexington. You're you always are that. in Lexington. You've got to perform. Like here's the thing. John Shire did this last year. It it has been done and it should be done. You've got to ride your best horses to win. You create more of a culture problem if you do not. And it did feel like last night they were trying to to give some guys opportunities to see what they were made of, and D.J. Wagner didn't have it. Now, does that mean that D.J. Wagner couldn't have it in three weeks? Of course not. You just said it. It's November. It's It's November the 15th. It's a long season. But you are doing a disservice to the guys in your locker room if you don't play the five that give you the best chance to win. And Robert Dillingham and Reed Shepard, are clearly, right now, the guys that you've got to ride to win these games. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. When your job is on the line, politics have to be removed. Because if you let politics be the reason why you go down, that's just short-sighted. As you
3: guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners, and the viewers on the Field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. $1,500, and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts. My personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the Bet MGM
0: app today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Um, yeah, I, I like dealing him off the
3: bench. Yeah, that's what Gottlieb was saying that last night too, just kind of the, the electrifying score and you could probably sell it to him saying like you're going to play that role when you get to the NBA.
1: Yeah, but I
2: like him foul. off the bench.
1: Uh, I
3: like and him foul. off the bench. Got a
2: shout of foul trouble.
1: Yeah, and, and another thing too is is there was a point yesterday. I was I was actually watching a game, re-watching a game this morning. He hit four threes in a row and got an assist and then Cal benched it. Yeah. And, and Fanta, the, that that's a good initial reaction. However, when lightning rods like that go nuts, they can also lose you the next four possessions. And Dillingham's that kind of guy. So I understand what you're about to say. I know what you're going to say, because I was that guy, too. Like, I, I could hit four or five in a row, and then I'm shooting another four. I was it? Yeah. Was it? Yo, Yo, I want to know. We asked, so we, asked Randolph that down.
3: we asked Randolph this last night on the show. If you are in that situation, you come down, you bang one. You come down, you bang another. Two possessions later, you hit a step back, bang another. Next one, you come off a screen. Boom. Bang bang your fourth three in a row in the span of, like, six possessions. Next time you guys have the ball, where are you shooting it from? Wherever I catch it.
1: Yeah. And that's what he, said, trying, that's said what he was trying said one dribble to over him. half
3: court and that thing is going up.
1: Yeah. And, and that's what Cal was trying to hold back. And he didn't. He, he just took him out for like three possessions oh. and put him right back in. Come on. But he was and, getting good shots. That was he, the thing. Like sometimes guys get overzealous. He was knocking down really good shots. He was creating those good shots himself. But I could just see it going off the rail. So he I would usually the be like the ride game. the shooter. I would usually be like ride the shooter. But it was an interruption in play there was a timeout he got him to calm down come back in and then he played well when he came back in too
2: parents i'm sorry man but antonio Reeves shot 3 for 17 from 3 3 for 17 this is not a freshman you're an upperclassman you if you only make 3 out of 17 at some point you probably should have stopped shooting it
1: no you need to shoot I, I don't know i don't know what what that has to do with dillingham no, you need your shoes because to keep because shooting. he was
2: the opposite. You're telling yeah. me. But, but, you're but telling here's, me.
1: Here's the di- here's the difference. No, there. here's
2: here's why Kentucky lost the game. I'm sorry to cut you off. Kentucky lost the game you're because Kansas said. Don't Kansas apologize percent, when you don't mean it. <laughs> I'm no, I am. I am. So, I don't like cutting Tio. I don't like cutting anybody off on this show. We, I, I really, it's bad. Uh, you know, listening, but I, like to me, Kentucky lost this game because Kansas said we're not going to out athlete them. From a speed perspective, like Kansas was getting beat off the ball, like a bad defensive line gets beat off the ball in football. Kansas couldn't stay in front of Kentucky. They they could not stay in front of Kentucky's guards. If you watched in the second half, early in the game, early in the second half, when Kansas was still missing, they had two guys on the shot retreating. Bill Self was like, we, we got to get back. I'm not giving up. I'm done giving up layups. Once Kansas said, we are literally going to bury you inside. And they started making easy lay-ins. It forced Kentucky to play half-court basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's where I still, like, I'm still concerned about that because I'm just being honest. Like, what they're asking Reeves to be today, if this team's as good as we think they could be, guys, he's going to be the third or fourth best player on the team come February.
3: Yeah, they're probably right. Um, All right, Uh, right, let's move on to the other game. And I just want you guys to realize that Fanta three different times in that little spiel said, beat off the ball. And I did not make any jokes about it. I just let it slide right on past like it didn't even happen. Uh, let's talk about Duke and
1: Michigan. <laughs> hey, 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 one, one more thing. One more thing. The, the the crazy part about it is we alluded to a dude, Tierra who I thought was good at times. He was minus 26 with him on the floor.
3: Yeah, I not uh, Antonio
1: Reeves minus 14. DJ Wagner minus 23. I've never seen a more like one guy's great, one guy's bad in terms of that statistical mm-hmm. thing. Like it's, it's, it's perplexing, really. Uh, Jordan Burks, who played 10 minutes, was plus 19, but he was also playing when Dillingham went nuts.
3: Yeah. And he was then playing with Dillingham and Reed Shepard when those two were on the floor. Like that's what. That's what you needed. Um, another guy yep. that had a great plus minus game was uh your boy Ryan Young down there at Duke To. Um yeah. Duke, you know what's interesting about this game? He's a point, human traffic cone. He just gets in the way, man. <laughs> he just gets in the way. It was funny. We were laughing about it. Like he had zero blocks and zero seals. I was like, man, he was such a different difference maker on the
2: defensive end in the floor. Hey, at the end of the day, last night, that second game was awesome. Champions Classic should move back to opening night. I hope it does. And guys, that's the most fun I've had watching Kentucky in years. They are fun again. Big Blue Nation, I'm sorry that I didn't rank you in the preseason rankings that I did. Even with last night, you're going to have a number next to your name, and in the AP poll, you shouldn't move down at all.
3: I think they'll probably end up moving up in the AP poll to be honest. Um, all right, so Duke won 74 to 65. Caleb Foster scored 16 points in the second half. Uh Tyson Walker tried to tried to lead another comeback on his own, 22 points, but it just wasn't enough. AJ Hogard didn't show up. Jay Nakins didn't show up. Uh the narrative of this game was interesting, Fanda, because it wasn't um, it wasn't like all right, we got this like preseason, this match of a preseason top five teams is like well, shit, who's going to end up being one of two coming out of this game? Like, who's going to be in a really bad spot? And it turns out it's Michigan State. What do you think this game said more about? Was it Duke's win, Michigan State's loss, Caleb Foster getting going, uh, nobody on Michigan State getting going? Like, where do you stand?
2: Well, where I stand is that for Caleb Foster and Duke to get going, I'm going to side with that uh, because there was a point in this game where you're watching Duke and you're thinking – do they have a a backcourt problem, if not a point guard problem, mm-hmm. that could prove to be major? And it's early. But, but Caleb Foster took a grasp off the bench of this game. And for him to catch fire, you then saw that when Duke is getting, when this Duke team is getting some sort of perimeter threat, on a night where Jared McCain was a non-factor, uh, he was scoreless. He was 0 for five from the floor. He played 16 minutes again. John Shire. It,
3: he didn't make it.
2: <laughs> yeah. He didn't make it on the private jet. It bingo. And on a night where again, Duke, Duke like Tyrese Proctor was not great. In fact, he really struggled. So if you had told me those couple of things, but guys, I, I, I I'm normally the eternal optimist. And I got to tell you, uh, I, I think that that it you haven't been me this episode. About... What's that? You haven't been this episode. Uh, no. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I gave I like, I like this. I like this. I like I gave Kentucky praise.
1: Yeah, that they were fun and to you, watch. Murder, murder, every
3: player. What you said, this was a direct quote, is that uh, Kansas should not be in the top 25. Kentucky needs to be preseason number one. You right. completely reverted
2: just like how you said that that Goodman said Tyler Kolick wouldn't play and he was so mad at you. <laughs> he was so mad. Like <laughs> he was he wanted to turn off the cameras and absolutely like throw you out of the skyline wherever you guys were. Uh if you want hey so- look
3: here's here's the thing if you ever need to win an argument with Goodman and he says anything to you about being wrong just ask him, "Hey, did Trey Burke declare for the draft again?" <laughs> hit, him, oh my- hit, him, hit him with that. And that'll get him real pissed off.
2: <laughs> but okay so so it told me more about Duke uh because Foster was great told me a lot about Foster, right And this is why Duke's so dangerous. It could be a different guy on any given night. Kyle Filipowski only shot five for 13 in this game uh and and Duke won. and not only did they win, they won by nine. And I think since Shire got the job like defensively, I've been impressed with Duke. We talked about that last year on the pod. I just think that their principles are are good. I think Duke guards. But, guys, i got to tell you, the, the contingent that was in Minneapolis uh, at Big Ten Media Day went up to the Michigan State table, and A.J. Hogard and the Spartans told us why we're all wrong and that they've been disrespected. Are we? No. Aren't we? Because, I'm sorry, but right now, Tyson Walker is receiving zero help. And the interior issues that existed last year for Michigan State are the same, if not worse, combined with the fact that they don't have anybody to replace Joey Hauser.
3: Do you know what A.J. Hogart is shooting from the floor right now through three games a season, two of which have been losses? It's got to be. 19.2%. You know what he's shooting from three this season? He's made as many threes as T.O. John Fanta and myself combined have made in this college basketball season. He's over. He hasn't made a three yet this year. That 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 can't happen. Now you're AJ Hogarth That can't happen. No. Hogart, that can't happen. Uh, they're they're relying on him to be the complementary piece, and it's just it's not there. And you combine that with Jaden Aiken struggling. You combine that with Madi Sissoko, who like look. Brendan Quaid made this point last night. I've never seen a dude catch so many lobs and then land and try to finish him after he landed. Mati Sissoko. It just, uh, he's, he's not the answer. I, I think Michigan state is, Izzo it, is, it was really positive after the game. I think Michigan state is uh, in for a little bit of a, uh, a rough go of things. Um. Yeah. T. I'm they got Arizona
2: about- on Thanksgiving, by the way, they got Arizona yeah. in a week.
3: Yeah. Good luck with that. Um, I want to ask you about Tyrese Proctor, because to me, that's the biggest talking point right now about Duke. Uh, I thought that he would take a major leap this year, right? I thought he would go from me the guy that was kind of a little bit passive as a freshman that looked like he was a little bit um, tentative. Like he looked like a freshman last year and he still kind of looks like a freshman this year. Like he's not really getting into the lane. He's not really being the aggressive kind of ball dominant guy. I wanted him to be, um, and i don't know if that's in him we've now seen him two times against high major opponents uh kind of have a fairly disappointing i don't want to say quiet he had 13 6 and 6 but it wasn't like a loud 13 you're six, want, you're wanting like a 20 10 and 9 game no, i i want him to i want him to feel i want to watch it and basically be like okay no one can stop that guy right because i think that he has the talent to do that i just don't know if he has the like if he has the drive and the mindset of all right, these guys can't stop me. I'm the best player on the floor.
1: I was going to refer to the mindset piece because a lot of these guys come from overseas and th- mm-hmm. they're being told, that like, hey, run it, let it come to you, and then be good when it comes to you. And 13-6-6, six, six, I mean, I don't think many people are going to be complaining about that. Like, do you want him to shoot better from three? He was one for five? Yeah, you do, but uh, I'm not sure we're at a point where you sell that. I I, I just think it was encouraging. He's, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a – even at the next level, because he's going to go play at the next level, is he ever going to be like this twenty point eight and eight guy? I, I, probably not. But he could have some really good games in spurts if it comes to him. Uh, the really encouraging thing about this game for Duke was the fact that they got some production off the bench. It, mm-hmm. Foster had like a thirteen minute zero across the board. It was like a Tony Snell, like he just he he had one foul that saved him from having zeros across the board in thirteen. Yeah, minutes. he almost had a thirteen trillion. Yeah, he he was he was one foul away from a thirteen trillion, and it was like, dude, like what's this is not the, you know, scoring guard that we knew you could be coming in, and then for him to come in against the backcourt that, hey guys, they're still finding their way at Michigan State. I'm going to put that nicely. They're still finding their way. There it is a bunch of veteran guys who know how to defend. So, uh, for him to step out and have that kind of game, I thought was huge for his confidence and for Duke moving forward. Some of these things, though, guys, I'm going to be honest. About Duke still scare me. Uh, rim protection. Filipowski had two blocks. Is he this elite rim protector? No. Uh, like they're, they're they're not huge, and Arizona exposed that. And Arizona has will big say, guys I, that are good.
3: Yeah, I, I was thinking about that last night. I'm curious your take on this because I think there's there's two different ways that you can be a
1: rim protector. You could be someone yeah, that goes take charge take charges yeah. or be above the rim. Yeah, you can't and- take charges anymore.
3: And I know and I think that part yeah, of the can't. value of having a guy like Ryan Young and we, I think we really saw this last night and really saw it come out at the same time it was kind of exposed a little bit against Arizona which is a different conversation but he was he was terrific in the second half at being in the places that he needed to be to just mess everything up for Michigan State like he made the right He's a human
1: traffic pass. cone.
3: Yeah, so is that. Can that be an answer? I guess is my question. <laughs> Can Ryan Young being a guy that just gets in the way all over the place be an answer to the rim protection problems? Because I don't know. That's kind
1: of where I'm at too. No. They're gonna have to outscore people. Mark and Williams is a really good, really good defender, but they're gonna have to outscore people. And I don't know if they
0: quite
3: they no, have enough on that end with Tyrese Proctor not being like when I when I say I'm worried about Tyrese Proctor, TO, I'm I'm it's in the framework of I had him as the second-team All-American in the preseason. I had him in the same conversation as Tyler Kolek, Dewan Harris, and Tyson Walker in terms of best point guards in college basketball. And I don't think that he's at that level. So if Duke doesn't have a killer at the point, if they don't have a rim protector defensively, if they don't have that level of like elite perimeter defensive ability, like I think we kind of have to tick them down a little bit in terms of what they can be this season.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Go ahead. John. Yeah, I also think that that when you're playing this type of schedule early on, mm-hmm. and and it's November the fifteenth, all the flaws that you have are going to get rectified, and and that ends up being a good thing in the long run, I think for your team. But but you know we could rave about certain groups. Here's the thing, guys. We don't even necessarily know the value of all these wins in the moment when they happen. Yes. Sometimes, when what's that?
3: I, that's that's a good point. Like, there's a lot of times preseason top 10 teams, first couple of weeks, weeks looks like a great win, and then all of a sudden
2: they're North Carolina. Right. I'll never forget, uh, but sorry, Richard Pitino – but Minnesota went into Providence in the Gavick games and Minnesota kicked the crap out of them. And, uh, and at the time, you're sitting there and you're like, wow, Minnesota could be really good. And they ended up totally, totally fizzling out. Uh, right now, we've got that. We've got that across the sport where, I mean, this stat, I I watched on I'll credit Sports Center last night.
3: College basketball season kicks off this weekend. There is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, heat checks cbb and verbal commits unlike last season the almanac is no longer a pdf rather it is a website that features more than 1500 words on each and every one of the 362 division one teams in college basketball we wrote more than 800 000 words in total we spoke to every single division one head coach to get a feel for the rosters the rotation the projected starter lineups and what they think their team is going to look like this year for everyone from the bluest of the bluebloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just nineteen ninety nine for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending,
2: Listen to this one. There have been seven losses by AP top 10 teams in college basketball in the first nine days of the season. That's the most losses in the last 25 years in the first nine days of the season. In other words, America, There's even pirated. we, coaches, coaches of these teams, Rob, you're talking to these coaches after games. Terrence, you're talking to coaches. We're We're talking to coaches some of the coaches of these actual teams are saying, got to be honest, when the ball goes up, I'm, I'm figuring things out too. So mm-hmm. I credit the people who are willing to play people. And Duke, Duke's playing people. So we're talking about them because we've got real material stuff on them. Mm-hmm. Can we necessarily talk about, we, we could rave about UConn winning by 50, but, but do we really know much about them? The, the fact is no. So it's easier to point out the flaws in a team when they're actually playing people during a time of year where, guess what? You should have some flaws. You should have some things wrong. And maybe that's why I was so impressed with Kentucky because they, they didn't have a lot of flaws. And maybe that's why we're all so disappointed in Michigan State. I mean, let's face it. This has to be a gut punch for the Big Ten. This was the team, along with Purdue, both expected to be legitimate national title contenders. Michigan State is not that.
3: That's that's a perfect segue, Fanta. Thank you for doing that. Because I want to revisit uh, our friend Terrence Oglesby's viral take. And it went viral, mini viral, a little bit viral, kind of viral. Not as viral as my million-view TikTok, by the way, guys. Look, you I had actually, a million-view TikTok? I had, oh, I had a million-view TikTok. It was the, I, I went up to the highest seat in Cameron Indoor Stadium and I just panned around and I said, this is the worst seat in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And it's got 1.2 million views right now. I just want to let you guys know that when I hit it big time as a TikToker, a, a, a TikToker, a TikToker, and I'm famous and I'm viral and I'm basically out there with like the Logan Paul brothers uh, doing these celebrity boxing matches. I'm not going to forget you guys. I'm Jake gonna, Paul brothers, Jake Paul brothers, the, whatever they are, the Paul brothers. Um no, I but know, I, I, just I, I, I wanted to. Uh, I, I just wanted to revisit that because I think I've kind of, I've I've come around on the opinion that you had. Now, I still don't think the ACC is the second best what? league in America. I think Wait, the, what oh, it's a better. Opinion. It's
1: better. It's better. I, I yeah. guess I I realize it's not the second best league in the world. It, yeah. In in the in the country, it's so, much better this year. Yeah, and I also think that
3: the Big Ten. There, there is. There's a lot of teams with a lot of issues in that league. Wisconsin, Maryland, Indiana. What's up with
1: Connor C. G. and why isn't he playing? There's, oh, there's,
3: there's a back injury, and there's, there's
2: something going. Uh-uh. on. There's something going on there. Greg, Greg Gard telling reporters post game last night that they'll have to ask Connor why but he his didn't make him available. Why his availab- Right. Mm-hmm. Why his availability was limited? Um. Okay. So immediate counter to that. That is a horrible move. And and I think Greg Gard's a good coach. That's a bad move. You cannot. You, you want to know why he didn't play much? I think he's a little ticked off because the shots he was supposed to be taking for his team this season are being taken by AJ Store.
3: That's not. You might be right about that. He was supposed to step into that starting lineup, and he didn't step into it. But... Um... Yeah, you're you're not you're not wrong. All right, so but Big Ten question marks, Big East it might be a four team league, maybe a five team league this year. Might be four. Uh, Kyle Neptune kind of blew that up for us, and then look, I have watched a bunch of these ACC teams play. To Clemson's good, like good, good, like yes, they're going to be a top four team in that league. Good, like PJ Hall yeah. is a dude. Chase I Hunter, picked th- like, I picked him third.
1: I picked him third.
3: North Carolina, I'm still in on them. There's, they got some question marks. I'm still in on them. Uh, Virginia, Ryan Dunn is a dude,
1: dude. He's like, been
3: projected in the first round by a lot of people. Like He is a monster defensively. He can switch everything one through four. He's like six eight. He looks like he bulked up this summer. Combine him with Reese Binkman a couple shot makers, they're really good. Um,
1: Who's the second best league in college basketball right now? SEC. I would say the big 12 in the SEC. Big Twelve, SEC. Who's third? Big East. No, no. I think uh, I'm not. I, as I much mean, as are you kidding love, me? I love the Big are East. You ser- John, are you seriously, John, ki- John? John, John, Big East, not third best league in college. Basketball. I'm, I'm no. I'm no comment. The, you know, the top is good. The top is good. The rest is. Fine. I'm no. Com- I'm no commenting this. We're not having I, this
3: conversation. I just, uh, we can't have this I don't conversation you, in the DTF podcast because I don't want to say anything that's going to get me yeah. in trouble with the Big East. You know, me and Steve Shear. I, I just. I love the sure. Big East.
1: The, 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 but, no, you but, don't. Uh, crazy. Crazy. Are you crazy? You're not, you're not a
3: Big East. East guy anymore. No, you
2: don't. You don't. officially had your Big East guy title I, revoked. Clearly, okay, nobody's no. watching the games. Yeah. Like, you didn't watch the three games last night. I did watch the games.
1: I didn't I watch it. Sorry, still- I didn't watch UConn yeah. play Mississippi no, Valley look. State Community College Central. Whatever. I will say I will say I don't this. get
2: how you could watch Marquette and not think that team is a national title contender. They don't are think how you could- We're
1: talking about the league, John. We're not talking about the top three teams.
3: We're talking F- about the yeah. league. Fanta, I had this I had this discussion last night with somebody at the at the um at the Champions Classic. The top three in the Big East is probably the best top three that
1: you have in any conference in college basketball. I agree with that. I agree a hundred percent agree with that. Then you and have in Providence. Providence, what they showed against Wisconsin was awesome. Yes. Like i'm i'm still holding thought on providence because i want to see what they're able to do against an athletic front court yeah wisconsin so, doesn't have that but, but here's here's the yet. thing the reason why
3: and i'm not gonna i don't want to speak for you on this john i'll speak for myself the reason why i thought that big east was the second best league maybe the best league in college basketball was you we knew what that top three would be i you know how i feel about providence i think that they are fucking awesome right Yes. I thought Villanova would be in that same conversation. So you got like a top five or all five could legitimately be top 15 teams. They just lost at the Palestra dependent. Look, I get it. It's the Palestra. It's a rivalry game. It's on the road, whatever, whatever, whatever. Still not a great loss. They did not look good in that game. Um,
1: it's how they lost.
3: Yes. But then St. John's hasn't taken the step forward that I thought that they would take. Maybe they'll get there. I don't know. They look pretty bad against Michigan. Georgetown hasn't looks taken good. the step forward. Well, Georgetown hasn't taken the step forward that I thought that they would take. They
2: were never going to.
3: Maybe he could still get there, but they look like they're probably going to end up being one of the bottom three teams in the league. Which means that you have DePaul. You Sean Miller's
2: going to make the tournament?
3: No. I I mean, I just don't know if he has, like, enough talent. Like, are they going to get Djokovic? He's basically down his best three big guys right now. And he still found a way to hang with Purdue, even though Purdue kind of, like, did one of these. You know when you play against, like, a your little brother or your little cousin or something like that. And you just kind of hold your hand on his head and they are sitting there trying to get around you. And that's kind of what they did. But like, that's. It looks good. But we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. They got. We'll so yeah. I just, I think it's a five. I think it's a five team league at this point. So I'm not ready to say that the ACC is the third best league. I'm not ready to say that the big East is not the third best league. Uh, uh, I, yeah. we, I laughed at you. So short sighted. I thought Tio was an idiot, and now I'm kind of like, eh. You know what? Maybe he had a little bit of a point there. So, and it was a hot take show.
1: Let's be honest. Oh yeah, I understand it was a that take. wasn't the second best. I understand it wasn't the second best. I've clarified there, but I- I'm telling you, after that top three, it gets dicey. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in on Providence That's right fair. now. I'm in on Providence right now. After that, and Johnny Hemi-, I- I- Hemi English, I- I- are you? You're in on Hemi English? I- Hemi English. I, I want to see them <laughs> against an athletic front court because I think that could pose some issues. But the, the talent is certainly there. Uh St. John's, John, I sent you a text message like, hey man, like they're I'm happy that their roster's better, but this is it's not as good as what Patino's gonna have in two years. Like Ledlum just shat the bed. I I mean, he's dribbling off his foot and everything. He's gonna be better. They need more from him. They're gonna be better. I don't think I think they came in a little bit hot because of the patino stuff and i've rightfully so but after those first three four three four teams here's kind of wonder what's going to play out after that that's all i'm saying the
3: the only thing that i'll say about this is that i think that there's a real possibility that michigan is like really good and not i'm not just saying like top 25 ish make the tournament kind of good like i've i've watched all three of their games now who doug mcdaniel he is eight Problem, like problem, problem. Olivier Kamwa is probably the best transfer in the country that nobody is talking about right now. Um, they have shooters, they have guys that are electric. They have Phil Martelli over there on the bench right now running things. And if you go and look at like their shot charts, they are all the way bought into this idea of like threes and layups and free throws, and that's it. They're basically not taking mid range jumpers at all. So I, I, the one thing that I will say is I think that there's a real possibility that. Uh, st john's is still tournament good and that michigan is just like that good they can go in and be the tournament team on the road by counter,
1: counter counter to that counter to the michigan piece counter to the michigan piece uh namari burnett who was sensational how st. dare john's. you counter my counter counter your counter with a counter that he went for a big <laughs> over against young state and was you know they played UNC Asheville to that. I need to see more from him. He has been good oh, in I spots agree. during his college career, but he's a career five-point-a-game five, five point a game guy. So I, I'd like to see more. I think he's capable of more, but I'm interested I'm not, to see how yeah. things happen. I, I agree. I think uh, there's also real
3: chances they're like a top 35 team, but I, I just I, – there's there's something And there. they
1: blew the doors off St. John's if they're a top 35 team. Yep. They blew the doors off of St. John's. Yep. All right, Fanta, I'm going to give you the floor. Go you ahead, John. Have, you have Get three minutes.
3: You have three minutes. You have three minutes. I know you got a lot built up there. I see the steam coming out of your ears. Let us have it. (laughs) Give us your official counter to our counter of a counter
2: to a counter. Don't need three minutes, fellas. But very briefly, we're nine days into the season. Yep. It's a bit short-sighted to proclaim who's great and who's not. Uh, quite yet. That's our job, but it's a marathon. And I'm sorry, but if you've got three national championship contenders, legit, this league cannot just be fourth or fifth. Like, I'm not here to say it's the best because it's not. The Big 12 deserves that title. The SEC absolutely deserves two. But. There has to when you have a strong top, and it's not just any top. It's 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 a top that has three big time heavyweight title contending teams. I can't sit here and not when Providence beat the brakes off of Wisconsin and has looked better than I thought. Not when Xavier looked better than I thought against Purdue. A lot of people thought that game was going to be an absolute blowout. Now Purdue had control of the game. But it's again, it's a marathon. St John's got their their break speed off them and it's a long, long way away. But man, uh, I I'm not ready to sit here and and proclaim. Uh, I think what we overhyped the Big East, but I also think that this is still a top league, a top three league in college basketball. We sometimes get into the world of absolute definitives to a point that we can't have both statements be true. This is still a good league and could be a great league depending on what happens with St. John's, Villanova, and Xavier. Let's see what happens with that trio, and maybe Butler surprises some people. I wouldn't count out Seton Hall quite yet, who actually has roster continuity and has looked better uh, because of it. But but this is a six bid league. And you can you can wager with me. This league will find a pathway to six if if the six is in Dayton. I would set the line that's my I, belief. I think,
3: the, I think the line is five and a half. I think that's where I would set the line on tournament teams for the Big East.
2: Yes, but to to, to say that the league is in trouble or there's cause for major concern. No. Nobody's saying that, John. <laughs> then what what are you saying
1: I, I'm, I'm saying that they're muddled in the big east is muddled in with the big 10 pac 12 and the acc i think after those top three it, it there's a drop off i think it's one top two, two right Yeah, yes excuse me top two one two after that i think there's a drop and then there's like depending on the night with the next four leagues that's all i'm saying i i just like you said there's no definitives but i, I think there's a pretty much yeah, th- there's a mud of those next four conferences.
2: The difference okay. in the mud is that the Big East has a trio that can all win the national championship. Mm-hmm. The other leagues that you just listed do not. They don't have that kind of strength. The difference in the mud is, is that if you're a middle-of-the-pack Big East team on the bubble and you're you get those three teams at home and you knock off one of them in February – You now have a win that others do not have. And the other difference is this. At the end of the damn day, what we end up talking about is what happens in the first weekend of April. So, we've talked about this before on this very show. Depth in bids versus strength of seed. You could get seven teams to the NCAA tournament. You could get eight teams. If four of them are in a 7-10 or 8-9 game, it doesn't matter.
1: You can't make this argument and then go against the ACC over the last couple of years because the ACC has put teams in the Final Four consistently too. They have put teams in the Sweet 16 consistently too. So the argument you're making for the Big East right now is the same argument I've been making for the ACC for the past two years. So just just for perspective, there. That's kind of where, I, and I'm with you. I'm with you. Big East is still good. The top is still really good, but that's the exact same argument that I've made for the ACC over the past couple of years. And how you have you guys looked at the ACC? Not good. So when the argument's the same, that's that, that's that's my only claim. Big East is still good, John. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's still very good. And when you have three teams that are as highly touted, national championship is is strong for me. But I do think there's three teams that are legit elite eight candidates. Your mic is you might out, out again.
2: I disagree with you.
1: Not all three teams can win the national championship.
2: No, I I think Creighton's the best team in the league. I mean do you? guys. They're ridiculous. Guys, they they made, they made scored on 20 of their first 25 possessions in the second half last night. Mm-hmm. Trey Alexander is a pro.
3: Yeah, 23-11. Oh, yeah, he's been – yeah, yeah Iowa. of course. Yeah, he's he's very, very good.
2: All right, let me I know ask I you get accused, I know I get accused for propping it up, but this is the best at – the, at the top of the Big East, this is the best it's been.
3: Yeah. It, it, you're not – look, you're not so – you're not good. You're not wrong we're beating a dead horse when it comes to it comes to this so let me ask you guys this so we can get you out of here after everything that you've seen so far we've got 10 days of basketball coming into the season it was kansas and then probably duke and that's what everybody had is like the one two right out of what you've seen to who is the best team in college basketball right now or is there a best team you got kansas you got purdue you got marquette you got arizona you got houston you got Creighton, you got UConn, you got Tennessee, who's looked damn good. You got Duke still in the mix in that conversation, I think. Who's the best team that you've seen? I don't think there
1: is one. Every team that you just mentioned has very recognizable flaws. You talk about Purdue with some of you know, the athleticism issues, which are still there. You talk about Kansas, which we've talked about perimeter shooting. That's still there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of – there's as much parity right now as there's been. In a long time in college basketball, and I love it. It's the best. I I, right now I don't think there is one. If I had to side with one, I would lean Arizona because what they did at Cameron Indoor and how they did it.
2: I agree with that. You have to reward the team that went in and and got the best win thus far. It's unfair to not do that. You know, if you of course, if I said Arizona or the field in the long run, you you take the field because it's so early in the season, but, but I'll tell you what, uh, that was a, such a gutsy, gutsy win by the Wildcats. kashad Johnson brings national championship experience to that group. And you could sense it late. And like Caleb love, wasn't great in that game from a shooting perspective, but he made the biggest pass of the game when he found Johnson underneath. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was such a great sequence. So like, like, Tommy Lloyd is 63 and 11 as the head coach of this program, but everybody's going to rag on him because he lost to Princeton. It's not all that different from, from, I mean, it is different, but like when Arizona steps on the floor in March, they also have a lot of naysayers and maybe they have a redemption arc to their, their journey as well, but they're, they're deep. Haley Larson's one of the more underrated players in the country. They've got athleticism. They got versatility. They can switch like they 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 are and they're very efficient on the offensive end of the floor. So they have an elite big man in Umar Ballo. Yeah, the, the argument right now would be for Arizona. Uh, if I had to pick another team, I, I'm, I'm I think it's the stale take, but Purdue to me and you saw them live, Rob is is better. Uh, they, they've got they're another year older, and I really like. Um, the addition of lance jones
3: yeah they have they have good guard play like i i think i would probably keep kansas at number one in college basketball right now i think i would probably say they are the best team because i think they have uh one of the best point guards in college basketball arguably the best center in college basketball and the best coach in college basketball um i think that you can make a pretty strong argument for purdue being there too given that it's Zach Eady and nobody knows how to use a player like that better than Matt Painter. And the step forward that Braden Smith is a different dude this year. Like you can see it in his confidence, the way that he carries himself on the court. I think he's going to be very, very good. And I think Arizona is the third team in that top tier. Like what they can do defensively when you see it in person is they, they have four guards that are built like, Two hundred and fifteen pounds. They are built like strong safeties, man. Kashad Johnson brings an entirely different dynamic to the four spot than Azulus Tubellas did, and Kylan Boswell is a through and through. I love that too. He's one of my favorite players in the country. Like he is a through and through winner. So, um, I think that those three would be the top tier. But again, look, Tennessee with Dalton Connect, like they might be a problem this year. You know,
1: Marquette. They are what a story he's been. What a story that Dalton connects, Ben. Mm-hmm. Hey, call- I'll say this. It, it, there's nobody. You, I don't care who they play. It's going to be hard to guard Marquette. They're going to be able to mm-hmm. score 80 mm-hmm. against anybody. They're good.
3: Dude, good guys. I, They're good. I good. saw a picture of Tyler Colex ankle before the game today, and I have no idea how he was able to get up and run up down the floor. Jason Minetti <laughs> actually had a great story on the broadcast. you know what he said? He said that in the shoot-around, uh, Tyler Kolick came out there, swollen ankle and everything. And just started going out there and dunking in the warmups for the shoot around and just walking around screaming, fresh legs. Who's got fresh legs? Who's got fresh legs? <laughs> and then went up and go dunk again. Fresh legs. I'm just, I, fucking so, love, I, so, love I love that kid. kid. So before their nuts. games,
1: but so before their Friday game, their second game, Kolek, uh Scott kaikandal comes over and is talking to me and Jason Ross Jr. And he's like, man, Kolek, he goes, he's watching film. He goes, he goes, he said, starts sending me clips of assists that he should have had that I didn't give him. <laughs> <laughs> all it comes over. All it comes over. I said, Hey T, I heard he's he's shortchanging your assist. And he looks at Sky, he goes, Hell yeah, he is. What the fuck? <laughs> and, he starts, <laughs> and he starts going off on him for like a minute. And Scott's just sitting there like, he took like four dribbles. He goes, I, he said, That's a home assist. I gotta get my numbers up. <laughs> like a Ripping for Sid because he's not giving it home him home oh, I love it. it. Yeah. So tough. He's wild. And that that, that 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 sprain he had was not like a a, a soft one. It was about it was a. Did you see it? One? Did you see the I, ankle? Yeah, he I, I, I did. I did. I did that game. It, that one did not tickle. That one hurt.
3: Yeah, that I one hurt. The, I saw the picture of it. I think it was two days after he did it. And uh, let's just say black and blue is is doesn't do it justice there was some purple in there there was some like deep mahogany it was uh it was pretty gnarly looking but listen this has been another episode of the DTF podcast it's been a blast guys we had a lot to talk about always good to catch up with you always good when uh, the three of us are not um flying around the country and we can kind of sit down and uh chat and um, yell at each other about whether or not the ACC is the third or fourth best league in college basketball because it doesn't get much better than that so uh, like subscribe rate review do all the stuff that makes us happy as podcasters and we'll see you guys again next